Well, good evening, and um, it's good to be back with you. And if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Revelation. And I'm going to read from Revelation chapter 1, reading from verse 9 through to verse 20. So, Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. I, John, the brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patience and endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive for ever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, and of the seven golden lampstands, is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this, your word, and we just ask your blessing upon us as we look at it together, and we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this is uh, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 9, but before we look at that, let's just remind ourselves of what is John's commission. We see that in verse 1 through to 3. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him, to show his servants what must take, must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to the servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. So this was John's commission. His commission was to write this letter. But who was he to send it to? Well, we have the answer in verse 4. To the seven churches in the province of Asia. So let's look at verse 9 through to 11. And in these verses, we see something of John's instructions that he was given, that he was to pass on to his readers so verse 9, I, John, your brother and companion, in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. 
And here, John introduces himself as a brother and as a companion. A companion, a companion to those who are associates with him. They're not strangers. They are fellow believers. And this is who he will send this letter to, fellow believers. This tells us that he knows who they are, and he also knows where they are. They're believers, believers who are suffering, believers who had previously been told that they would suffer, and that when suffering came, they would need to persevere. So who told them that this is how it would be? Well, if we go back to um, Acts chapter 2. Now, way back then we have Peter, and it's the time of Pentecost. And this is after the Holy Spirit has been given, and Peter goes out and he preaches. He preaches to that great crowd who were gathered together, the crowd who came from all over Judea. And in what Peter said, he quotes the words of Isaiah. He quotes these words. We can read them in Acts 2, verse 17. And he said this, In the last days... God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your own old men will dream dreams. Not only Peter, but the other apostles. Those who wrote letters to the churches. For instance, when Paul wrote to the church, he wrote to Timothy, and this letter to his, was to be read out in the churches. And in 2 Timothy 3 verse 1, he said this, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. James, in his letter, in James 5, verse 3, he gives a warning here about the last days. Your gold and silver are corroded. The corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. And then, back to Peter, in his letter, 2 Peter 3, verse 3. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. Well, who told the apostles what the last days would be like? Well, it was Jesus himself during his public ministry. Let's just look at Luke 12, and I'll just read to you verse 49 through to 53. You know, Jesus could say prior to this, and he told his disciples that my peace I give to you. This is the peace he can give to believers, a peace that the world cannot give, a peace that they can take with them through times of trouble. But this is what Jesus said as, he, as, he, as he's referring to what will happen after the resurrection and after he has ascended up into heaven. He said in Luke 12, I have come, I have come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish you were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraints I am under until it is complete. Do you think that I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Let's go back to Revelation. 
Verse 9, the first part of verse 9. This is what John said. He said he was a companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. And when John wrote this book of Revelation, Rome, now this is just to give you an idea of the time period, Rome had already conquered Britain. They'd ruled Judea during the earthly ministry of Jesus and in AD 70 they destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. The Christian church was being persecuted. We know that John's brother James had been executed by Herod. John was being held in a Roman penal colony. And tradition tells us that the other apostles were all martyred. This is the reality of the world that John was living in. He was suffering. The church was suffering. Individual believers were being betrayed, imprisoned, tortured, burned alive and executed sometimes in the name of entertainment. For John, this is what was happening now in his day. And John wrote this letter, and the experts tell us it was probably around about AD 95. And the church had suffered greatly under the, wrong, uh, under the reign of the, the Roman Empire. And it continued to suffer in John's day under the hands of the Emperor Titus Flavius Dominican. So back to Revelation verse 9 of chapter 1. John, your brother and companion, in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And then we read on in verse 10. On the Lord's day I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Stop for a moment and let's just think about this. You see, John is not dreaming. The Lord is speaking to him. And he's speaking to him by way of a vision. As he did when he spoke with Peter. Remember in Acts 10? Let's just uh, remind ourselves of these verses. Acts 10, 9 to 20. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to the earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. You see, Peter wasn't dreaming. This was a vision that God was using to speak to Peter, as he had with Daniel, as he's now doing with John. So Revelation uh, 1, in the, first, the second part of verse 10, And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. And then verse 11, which said, Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. 
Two things I want us to notice here. One, it would suggest that John knows about these seven churches that he's being told to send a letter to. He's been given their names. He knows where they are. Secondly, John is being told to write down and then to reveal the things that he will see and hear. Unlike Daniel, who was told to keep some of what he saw and heard hidden. Daniel chapter 12, just a few verses. Verse 4, this is God speaking. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. And then in that same chapter 12, verse 8 and 9, I heard, but I didn't understand. So I asked, my Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? And he replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the time of the end. Let's go back to our passage, Revelation 1. And in verse 12 through to 16, we see something of John's vision. He said, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. Seven churches, seven golden lampstands. And notice the words, someone like a son of man. The churches are real. The lampstands are symbolic. In other words, they're representative of something. And the someone is real. But who is he? Well, we have a further description. We're told that he's dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. What would this remind John of? Remember, John is a Jew. A Jew who's become a Christian. But he knows the history of the Jewish nation. This would remind John of a priest. We read on. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Again, what would John see in this? He would see someone who is wise. Wisdom, knowledge. Someone with eyes that can burn through lies and see the truth. You know, that burning stare. The passage goes on. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. You know, he would see something of the glorious being that he, he he's looking at. Would he would would he think back to when he saw Jesus ascend into heaven? Would he think back to the Old Testament time with the the the, the brazen altar? What would he see here? He would see something of judgment. He would see in this person, whoever it was. A priestly person, a wise, knowledgeable person, a person who knows all things, and a person who is a judge. See the Old Testament link here? Well, we can see it in this passage from Daniel. Listen to Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, what he saw in his vision. See the contrast. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. 
coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into the presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. I said look out for the Old Testament links as we go through uh, <clears throat> this book of Revelation. Go back to Revelation verse 17 and 18. Who has John met with? Let's read on. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look. I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. John's immediate reaction was to worship. Did he know at this point who this someone was? One who was like a son of man? You know, John had heard Jesus refer to himself as the son of man many times. During the three years that John was with Jesus, during Jesus' earthly ministry. But here we have John laying prostrate, face down, in position of worship, before this person who he's met with. And then he felt a hand on his shoulder, and he heard words that he had heard before. Do not be afraid. And then the voice continues. I am the first and the last. This is the title for God. This is God who is saying to him, do not be afraid. In John's mind, could this be Jesus? Then he hears the words, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the words of confirmation. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look. I am alive forever and ever. Well, John now knows who this is, who he's speaking to, or the one who is speaking to him. It's Jesus, his Lord. And now he's about to see more about the glory of the risen Jesus. He's the one who holds the keys of death and Hades. So we come to verse 19 and 20. And a mystery is revealed. Write therefore what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, and of the seven golden lampstands, is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Let's just recap what we've learnt this evening from this passage. John already knows what's happening now. He's living in his time. And for him and the church, it's persecution and suffering. He's a prisoner on the island of Patmos. But he's about to see that the persecution and the suffering will continue. He will see that God is in control. He will see that Judgment will come. He will hear about the new heaven and the new earth. And he will see the Lamb of God, 
the one who holds the keys of death and Hades. And this is to be a letter of encouragement, encouragement to those who are believers, initially those during John's lifetime. The letter is for them. And it will be for all those who will become believers from that time until the end of the age. Therefore, this letter is for us. John will also see that Jesus will always be with his church. And this would remind John, I'm sure, of words that he'd heard before from the mouth of Jesus. And this was in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. And I'm going to finish this evening with this verse as we take it away with us and as we carry it with us as we go through the book of Revelation because this is a revelation of Jesus. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Jesus speaking to the disciples, one of them is John, during his earthly ministry. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's just pray. Father, just in these few quiet moments as we consider what we've learned from this book of Revelation, just let us take this away with us, the words that you spoke when you said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And we thank you for that promise. As we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.